Good morning. It is so good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord on this holiday weekend. And I know that there's a lot of people traveling today, so hopefully they're watching by live stream. Uh, we welcome you and miss you and can't wait till you get back to us. Um, but we're excited to be in the presence of the Lord today. Um, I'm going to ask Kathy. Where, there you are. <laughs> lost you. Kathy Seifried um, to come and just share some information with you. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but Fall Fest is almost here. Okay, I know you've heard about it a lot. Uh, it is Saturday from 1 to 4, and the rain date, which we do not plan to need, is on Sunday from 3 to 6. And today's announcement should be the final time that I have any announcements about Fall Fest for final details. It is RCOG's biggest outreach, and it's the biggest opportunity that we have to interact with our community, but more importantly, it's also a big opportunity to interact with our church family. So I'm really excited that everybody has been signing up. You've been real busy about that. Please remember that if you see a, a person carrying a white bag, they are a visitor to our church. Um, be a little extra nice. The brown bags are our church family. Be nice to them, too. Um, okay. So thank you for your support. You've done so many things for us. Thank you for your donations of water and candy and the willingness to volunteer. You have made my job rather simple, so I appreciate that. And now I just really, I covet your prayers for good weather. That would be helpful. Um, as a church family, we have done everything that we could to organize this and lay the groundwork for us to have a successful day. And you've all been a big part of that. I know you hear my name mentioned, but really his hands and feet behind the scenes has been very busy. People have come up to volunteer for things that I didn't even know we needed. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, now we're going to believe that God is going to multiply our efforts. Amen. So we're really counting on that. If you've signed up to be a volunteer, please pick up your packet and your T-shirt at the table in the lobby. There are no additional T-shirts available. I am sorry. We were not able to place a second order and have a guaranteed delivery in time for Fall Fest. So if you don't have a Fall Fest t-shirt and you're looking to volunteer, if you have a red shirt from before that said, I love my church, please wear that. If you have any other kind of red shirt, please wear that. Um, you'll have a lanyard and your big smile. It should let people know that you're helpful. Um, we could still use about five volunteers. We've had a few unexpected openings in our schedule. Um, it's for a variety of jobs, and if you would see me again at the table, it would really help us just to, to fill those open spots. I'm going to ask that you would please, on the day of Fall Fest, park down at the Stevens Fire Hall. That sounds so far away. It's really not. You go out our parking lot, you make a left-hand turn, you pass one house, and it's on the left side before the stop sign. We would really like to free up the parking spaces that are available for our, uh, our guests that are joining us. We will have a van available to help shuttle you back up and back and forth. I don't guarantee it's there the moment that you're ready, but we'll do our best. The good news is it's downhill when you go back to your car. <sighs> okay, so when you arrive at Fall Fest, look for the balloons. The registration table will be at the top end of the parking lot over here, and that's where the information happens. So come to the table if you're volunteering. That's where you'll pick up your lanyard. It will also be a map available to show you where you're serving. 
Um, if you are coming and you're bringing visitors, that's where they will pick up their food tickets and their ride tickets and their map, and that's where they get those fancy white bags. Um, so it, if you could pre-register, I know I keep asking for things from you, I'm sorry, but if you could pre-register as adults, as children, anybody, it takes the load off of the registration table the day of, and it lets us focus on welcoming our guests. As of right now, there are 280 people signed up, so it is a big deal, but I'd like to move those 280 out of the list that day and, and just get things going fast. So it's an exciting day. Um, I appreciate this so much, everybody's help. So please come and celebrate with us this on that Saturday and uh, help us make this really successful. So thanks again. Thank you so much, Kathy. I so appreciate that. And we are looking forward to the Lord giving us a wonderful day. So do be in prayer. Be in prayer for the weather and be in prayer for all of our workers, uh, for good health, and, uh, and that we will be a shining light um, this Saturday. So please come out 1 to 4 p.m. All right, would you stand with me this morning and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to bless this service this morning. And I do know there are some people this morning that our home, uh, not feeling well, so we want to pray for them, uh, and we just want to ask the Lord to give them a supernatural touch today. Um, I think if I would say, anyone have a need this morning, I have a feeling every hand would go up in this place, but I got news for you. We serve a great, big, awesome, mighty God who can meet your need, my need, the person next to you, everyone in this room. He is able. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? That's why we've come to worship him. Amen. That's why we worship him. He's so much greater than anything we could ever be. So let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for who you are, God. You are our awesome, mighty, heavenly Father. You are our creator. You're our friend. You're our guide. God, today you are our all in all. You're our provider, Lord Jesus. You're our healer. And God, in this place this morning, we have come to lift your name above every other name. We've come to worship you. God, we've come to extol you, Lord, and exalt your name. God, we've come in this place to hear the word of the Lord spoken through your servant today. And God, we know, Lord, that, that this word that comes forth, God, it can touch all of us, God, no matter where we are, God, in our spiritual journey, no matter where we are, God, today, uh, in, in our lives, God, that we know that this word is for us. It's a timely word, God, and we thank you for sending it, God. We thank you, Lord, that it's going to be delivered in power and anointing. We thank you that as we lift our hands and worship you and sing unto you, you're breaking up any stony or fallow ground, God, so that the seed can be planted in our hearts. And we thank you, God, that by the power of your spirit, we walk out of here as your ambassadors, God, as your vessels, Lord. God, speaking life, God. And Lord, living out who you are in front of a, a dying world, a lost world, God. And so, Lord, we thank you today, Lord. We give you praise in this place. And we do pray for those today who are unable to be here, God. We pray that you would touch them, whether they're working a job, God, whether they're on a trip this weekend for this final uh, summer weekend that people go away. We pray that you would be with them. We pray, God, for your presence to go wherever they are, God. We pray for those in need of healing today, God. You know, God, every need. And you are our great physician, God. And we claim the blood of Jesus over our bodies today, God, that you would touch us. God, we pray for this fall fest that's happening in the next six days, God. Lord, we pray, God, that you would just send people that need you, people that are broken, 
people that are hurting, people that need the salvation of Jesus Christ. Send them to this hill, God. And may we be the light. May we be the connection between them and you, God. May we point them to Jesus Christ in what we say, in what we do, in how we act. God, in the smiles on our face, let us be the most welcoming and loving people they have ever met, Lord. And I pray, God, that we will see a harvest of souls, God, as we we outreach to our community, God, as we reach out to them, God, I pray there will be a harvest of souls, Lord God, for your kingdom and for your glory, Lord. I pray, God, for a wonderful and beautiful day, just absolutely perfect for this event. And we put it in your hands. God, we trust you with it, God. You knew when we put it on the calendar, God. You knew, Lord. God, you had already planted seeds for this event. And we know, God, that you are going to bring it to pass, God. And I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you will touch us this morning in our worship time. But, God, that we would touch you as well. And that you would be pleased in what you hear, in what you see in us today, oh God. That we would honor you and glorify you and give you a place to just come and rest. God, come and rest in our praises today and be enthroned in everything that is said and done in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Let's give him praise and thanksgiving in this house.
God, I thank you today, Lord. I look back, God, and I see, Lord, all the battles you've already won in my life, and I know that you are more than able, God, to continue to keep, to continue to be victorious, God. So, Lord God, whatever I see to the left or to the right in front of me or even behind me, God, I know that you are in control, and I trust you. You are my unfailing God. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me
forever all my days. Can we just surrender to him this morning? All of our days, this day and the days to come. God, we surrender our days to you. God, we look to you, God. Lord, help us to not be overwhelmed or overcome by the things of this world. But God, there is so much freedom in surrender. So much freedom in just giving everything to you and allowing you to work. God, I just pray today, Lord, that we would do that. That we'd always keep our eyes to the hills where our help comes from. That we would always trust you. And we would not strive in our own strength, God. Lord God, that when we start to feel that overwhelm, that God, we would shake it off and lay it down and put our lives back before you and say, I'm in your hands and I trust those hands. I'm standing on the edge of
God, when we give our lives to you, Lord, you have everything that we have need of. And I just pray today, God, that if there's someone in this place who's just trying to figure everything out, that they will just rest in your presence today and just allow you to work and move because we can trust your love. In the glory of your presence, I find rest, oh, find his rest, church, for my
God, feeling your presence and knowing, God, that you are right here. God, that you are right beside us, Lord God. God, let us never take for granted the move of your presence, the touch of your presence, God. God, may we breathe it in in this place this morning, God, that you are here. And God, that you are ready to touch and speak. And God, you're ready to heal and restore and redeem in this house. God, thank you, Lord, that everything we have is right here, right now. our head to the soles of our feet. He knows the hairs that are on our head today, and he cares about all of it. He cares about everything that you care about, everything that concerns you. If there's something that the doctors have told you that you're worried about, give it to him. If there's something today that has you troubled in a relationship, give it to him. If you're worried about your finances, my goodness, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, give it to him. He has your supply. Give and surrender to him. Whatever it is, whatever the situation, how impossible it seems, he is the God of the impossible. Amen, church. Can we just give him praise this morning because he's able? We love your presence, God. We love when you come and you meet us here. Let's just thank you. Thank you for being right here right now. Thank you for touching the person to my left and the person to the right and the person in front of me and the person behind me. And God, thank you for touching me. I love your presence. Yes, amen. Praise his awesome name today. Praise the Lord. God is so very good to us. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. The psalmist said in Psalm 1611, he said, you will show us the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At my right hands are our pleasures forevermore. There's nothing greater than the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives today. Thank you for being here. God richly bless you, and we know uh, that it's a holiday week, weekend, but thank you for being here in, in God's presence and in God's house. If you're uh, visiting with us, for, for, first of all, thank you so very much. If you'll take a moment, there's a, a card in the book rack. Uh, in the pew, if you'll fill that card out, then at the service, 
bring that card uh, to the Welcome Center. Uh, we have a gift for you for being here today. I'm going to ask uh, the ushers to come, uh, and as they do, uh, I want to remind you this week uh, on Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, we will be having prayer. It was scheduled for last week, but with the, uh, with the uh, biblical flood that we had, um, last, well, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite that, that bad, but it was, um, it really was uh, dangerous being out on the road. So we, uh, we, uh, canceled that, but we're not going to cancel prayer. We will never cancel prayer. So this Wednesday we'll be, um, here praying. Uh, and if you can join us, please, please do so. Uh, and I really feel that these are pivotal, pivotal, pivotal times that we're actually living in. And we say that often, but uh, when you look at what look at what is actually happening now, things are speeding up very, very quickly. And uh, and I'll tell you what it does is it points us to knowing without with with uh, you know, with just assurance that Jesus Christ is coming very, very soon. Uh, and we know that. So uh, and don't let that frighten you. That that should excite us, knowing that that uh, Christ. Uh, you know, is that much closer to uh, coming for us and to take us uh, from from this world? But the the uh, other news is that he wants us to occupy and to work and to pray and while while we're here. So uh, and that's what we're going 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 to do. And I want to tell you what prayer is work. I won't uh, lie, lie to you; it is work. But I want to tell you what there is great rewards um, in in that. Uh, and we need to pray because everything that is done here is uh, birthed in prayer and it's sustained by, by prayer. Uh, anything that will be of eternity has to be birthed in uh, prayer, and, and we're looking forward uh, to see what God has for us. So God bless you, uh, and we're going to give to the Lord uh, this morning. Uh, and as we do, God, God bless you richly for sowing into the kingdom's work here. So let's look to the Lord. Father, we're so grateful to be in your house today. God, thank you, Lord, as we were just singing that, that last song. Lord God, we, we love your presence uh, and I love that one line says, uh, it gives me peace and it makes me whole, God. That's what, that's what your presence does for us, Lord. God, we come to you with our pieces, with our, Lord, brokenness and our troubles and our strife and our cares and, God, our, and our worries, and we bring them all to you. And it is, it is in your presence, God, that we truly are made whole. And we thank you, Lord. I pray that you would continue that while pastor comes, Lord, to preach the word, Lord, that that, that wholeness will be received today, God, that people will walk out of here knowing that you have touched them and knowing that being in your presence, God, you are the great physician, Lord. You're the great healer and the great deliverer, God. So, Father, we thank you for that. Bless your people today as they sow into your kingdom's work. God, we thank you that you've given us seed so that we can sow today. And we do it, Lord, out of a cheerful heart, God. All that you've lavished upon us, Lord, we realize we can never pay for it, but we humbly give back to you in a sign of obedience, Lord. And Father, we thank you for that. We give it all to you in the remainder of this service. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Give to the Lord in worship.
Yes. Praise the Lord. Are you happy this morning? In the Lord. Amen. It's good to see all of you here. Thank God for you coming on this Labor Day weekend. And it is good to see oh, my buddy Matthew back serving as an usher again and seeing these guys do what they do. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God has been so good to us, and I'm thankful for that today. As been mentioned, a number of people are traveling, and we do have quite a number of our people who are really struggling right now physically, and we just need to pray for uh, the healing presence of God uh, to come among us and just clear up everything that people are going through in in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of you um, would not be aware, and others would be, um, but we did lose someone uh, over this past uh, week, week and a half, that had been attending here for probably somewhere between two and three years, maybe, Don Niedermeyer. I don't know how many of you knew him. Very pleasant. He loved Sunday school, uh, loved the worship service. More than once would come up and say something to Tara about comments you made during the worship and what have you. Very, very much an encouragement. He passed away. Uh, the services for him are private, but um, just remember his family. I had an opportunity to talk to his son Christopher yesterday, and there is a son, and there's two daughters, and so please remember them in your prayers that the Lord would be with them and strengthen them. And we're very thankful for um, the opportunity we had to see this gentleman in in church, and it seemed to enjoy it so very much. And we thank God that church goes on in heaven all the time. Amen. And the presence of the Lord, yes. Uh, Fall Fest was mentioned. Thank you, Kathy. What a great job you did. Just want to uh, uh, make sure you understand, she was talking to the workers when she said park down uh, at the fire company down there. Um, the rest of you who are attending, obviously you can park here. Uh, if you want to park down there, that's certainly a help as well, but that's particularly for the workers. And pray about that. That'll be a great week, uh, weekend, great Saturday coming up. And uh, again, I want to remember, remind you, I did last week, uh, check your bulletin. October 23rd is going to be a special Saturday here. There's going to be a ladies' conference. It's a one-day event. That means a lot of excitement packed into a few hours. And so you're going to be hearing more about that from Sister Rhonda Martin and others uh, coming up soon. But mark that date, the 23rd of October, on Saturday. And as already been mentioned, we're praying uh, this Wednesday Boy, this has been a tough week, has it not? I mean, just looking around at what's happened uh, with the hurricane uh, down south, and then, of course, it made its way right on up north, and, and uh, our area wasn't hit as hard as some of the areas were. Uh, in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, the tornadoes, all of those things have just kind of piled up. And then we've got the Afghanistan situation going on. And so there's going to be a lot for us to cover and pray about and pray for. And uh, we need to pray. Uh, I'm just going to say this and move on from it. But, but I just want to tell you that uh, we need to pray. You know, every effort that's put forth in this country to protect the lives of the unborn is looked upon as some kind of a person as a villain for wanting to protect the life of the unborn. I'm one, I'm tired of that because we need to protect the lives of the unborn. They deserve a right to live. If you believe in the power 
of the Word of God, and if you believe the Scriptures that life begins at conception, there's no alternatives for us, and we need to be praying about that. I don't hate anybody, but I'm tired of people being villainized simply because they believe that a baby should have a right to live. How many believe a baby should? Well, I hope you do because you're alive. This morning I have a word for you, 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings 17, and I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, and this is a message I've never brought before, but I believe that it's, it's, it's timely. I believe it's timely for you. I believe it's timely for me, and I want us to look at this story of Elijah and what God did to provide for him and for those around him in a very difficult season. And we know that as we get here that the children of Israel, the people of God, are not where they should be with God. And there is a, a, a wicked king on the throne by the name of Ahab. And uh, God is going to send judgment in the way of a drought for three and a half years years a drought is on its way. Now when you turn one chapter over things will change but there was a lengthy period between the 17th chapter and what we see in the 18th chapter. In fact as I mentioned there were, was a three and a half year place of no rain and until we open the 19th chapter do we see it again. But there were people of God that needed God even during that time. God had a prophet. Let's read about him. First Kings 17 and verse number one. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. And I want to just stop for a second to let you know that Elijah is prophesying something that's going to affect him also. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from that brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. I just want to stop to say that he was affected, Elijah was, the same way everybody else was. He prophesied a word that would affect him as well. Scriptures tell us that it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. I would like to tell you that everybody that was affected uh, by the hurricane, that none of them were people of God, but that wouldn't be true. Sometimes we're affected by the same things that the world is affected by. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. 
And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the, shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her, her and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for the truth of it. God, we thank you, Lord, for the power of the word of God in difficult seasons and times like we are living in now. We are thankful that you have a word for us in season and even a word when it's out of season. We thank you, Father, and we just pray, God, that you will anoint us and that there'll be a connection here of heaven and earth, God, and we pray that every need will be supplied. Every heart will be lifted. Any souls that don't know you will be saved. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to read that eighth and ninth verse again from the old King James Version. There's a word that is used there by the translators that I want to zone in or focus in on today. The Bible says in the King James Version in 1 Kings 17, 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee, to sustain thee. I want to speak on the thought Sustained until it rained. Sustained until it rained. Now the word sustain is not a real exciting word in the scriptures. It's just not exciting. It's not as exciting as the word miraculous. Not as exciting as victorious or powerful or healed or delivered but I would tell you that it is a strong word. I would tell you that it is a powerful word. Although the word sustain simply means to be kept in process or continued over time. In other words, something that is sustained is not making major changes, but it is being kept over time. It's continuously steady. It's there at all times and in all situations. As I mentioned, Elijah gave a word that would affect his life as well. 
It seemed that when God spoke to him to prophesy a season of no rain at that moment, he did not know how long that would take or how long that would be before the rain would come. And so Elijah is now prophesying something for the entire region, which included him as well. And he would need somehow as a prophet of God to be sustained until the rain came. In other words, not only would other people need help, but Elijah would need help. And so in this process of time, which took three and a half years, by the way, God led Elijah one step at a time. In other words, God didn't provide for him immediately some large, huge water tank and some large bakery, but God decided, already decided, that he would sustain the prophet of God, but he would take him on a journey and he would need to follow the Lord one step at a time. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a day and we have come through a season and are still in a season where we need the sustenance of God. We need the sustaining power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit. God hasn't always shown us everything at once. There's been no magnanimous explosion, but God has led his church even during these past 18 months of difficulty, God has sustained. I said God has sustained his people. He's used people just like you to bring sustenance and stability in a difficult hour. You know, I want to thank you personally as a church because God has used you. Let's see, I want you to understand that, that God has used you to sustain the ministry of this church. God has used you during difficult months and difficult seasons and times in times when we were only watching online or whatever. But God used you. You've sustained a pastor. You've sustained a staff. God has used you. It doesn't look magnanimous, as I said. It doesn't look some kind of huge, great thing, but thank God for that steady, sustaining power of Almighty God. And I owe a debt to people who have sustained. I have owe a debt to people who have been faithful in the midst of adversity and difficulty and have not said, well, we just give up or we just quit or we just won't be here. Thank God for you being used of the Lord in a sustaining kind of way. Give yourself a hand, if you will. Amen. You see, God was going to lead him. And this is what God wants, I believe, us to see. God leads us one step at a time. It takes faith to follow the Lord because we don't see the whole picture to begin with. See, there, there was a dry season there. Uh, uh, Laura did a great job a couple of weeks ago talking about that cloud the size of a man's hand and when it appeared. But what I want you to see, and that's, that's where we're headed. That's what we're believing for. We're believing for revival. But when this prophecy was first given, there was no cloud the size of a man's hand. There was no rain. There was nothing but drought everywhere and dryness everywhere. But God had a plan to sustain his servant. Step one, God leads him to a brook, the brook Cherith. And the Bible says that ravens came 
and brought him bread and meat every morning and every evening. This was the first DoorDash delivery that we read about in the scripture. And they found him by the brook Cherith without a GPS. I think that's kind of neat and special that God knew exactly where and God sent the DoorDash ravens to come and bring that man bread and meat. But the brook dried up. That was temporary. Now, as I said, God could have in the very beginning, he said, just go over there. I'm going to give you this huge water reservoir. I'm going to give you all the food you're going to eat. You just stay over there and just don't worry about anything. But God led him, tried him, tested his faith. The drought continued and the brook dried up. But God still had a plan to sustain God still has a plan. Even when we have a word of revival, even when we have a word that revival is on its way, even when we have a word that the heavens are going to open, and even when we have a word that I hear the sound of the abundance of rain, even in the midst of all of that, when it's still a drought, God has a way of sustaining us to get us to the sound of abundance of rain. How many believe that? So step two, he leads Elijah to go to Zarephath. To, that, by the way, is Gentile territory. This is, this is a hostile place. They're not, you're, in fact, he's going right near the hometown of the lovely Queen Jezebel. Sidon was her hometown. And God was leading him right next to Sidon, right next to the enemy's territory. And God is saying, I want you to go there because I have commanded a widow to sustain you. There's that word again, sustain you. And I'm like, what? Now we know the whole story, but he, Elijah didn't. You're sending me to who? You're sending me to a widow? You're sending me to a, a poor person? You're sending me to a helpless person? You're sending me to a hungry person? And you're going to tell me I'm going to get sustained there? How many know that God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise? God doesn't always work the way we think he should work. And God doesn't, he didn't send him to a full pantry. He didn't send him to a well-stocked supermarket. He sent him to a widow woman. And let's look at the severity of her situation. Think about this. He told him to go to this place called Zarephath. And he said, I've commanded a widow woman to sustain you there. Twice in the verses, she's called a widow woman. In that culture, widows were very, typically very poor. They lived a difficult life and had hard times. But that's where God sent him. And we see the despair when he does get there. We read in verse 12, when he asked for that bread, she said, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have any bread. Only a handful of flour and a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and, and die. 
Life was desperate for this woman. All she had was a handful of flour, a little bit of oil and a cruise. And that's all that stood between her and absolutely nothing. And it looked like there was no way that she could ever be sustained herself. But you see, God had already spoken because the word says that God told Elijah, I commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. In other words, God had already been on the scene and already challenged this woman somehow that somebody's going to come by and ask for bread and I want you to give it. Brothers and sisters, I want to just tell you, you can trust God. God will sustain you. Don't ever hold back from God. Don't ever hold back from giving because you're in a difficult place. Let God show you he can sustain you and use you to be sustenance for someone else as well. The, the severity of her situation, the situation was terrible. She found that this is all I got. But when she finally made up her mind that she would obey God, listen to what happens here. The Bible tells us in verse uh, 13, and Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the Lord, the day, here we go, that the Lord sends, what? The Lord sends rain on the earth, sustain until it rain. Sustain until it rain. It will rain again. Things will get better. But until then, I will sustain you until you get to the place of the rain. Until this drought is over, until this difficult season passes, I've got a plan and I will sustain you. But you got to put me first, God says. You got to try the Lord. You got to test the Lord and say, God, you are always going to be first in my life. It takes faith. But she did what the man of God said. Amen. God always sustains. What was the miracle of the loaves and fish that we read about in the New Testament with the 5,000 men, not counting women and children? When uh, uh, he said, what do you have? And they said, all we've got is five loaves and two fish. How many know that was enough to sustain because it was put in the master's hand? God has the power, folks, to sustain us, to keep us, to help us keep going when life is difficult. He didn't rain down millions of dollars on her, but he did make sure that there was flour in that bin and oil in that cruise. God is a sustaining God. I said, God is a sustaining God. He will get you through. Keep your faith and your trust in the Lord. Can you say amen? The Bible says, in verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her, she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, all of us have the benefit of knowing the end of the story, but this woman had to operate in faith. I said she had to operate in faith because what Elijah found out was God was not only interested in sustaining him, but he wanted to sustain this widow woman as well. God is not interested in just sustaining pastors and evangelists and people with names and, and, and people with fame. God is a sustaining God for all 
all of his children. God is a God of sustenance. God is a God of sustaining power. But we have to understand that living by faith is easy preaching, but hard practice. You know, I think about people in this church that God, the sustaining power of God, when it wasn't funny, when it wasn't plentiful, when it wasn't great. I think about, I think about you, Dave. I thought about you and I thought about all those months sitting behind a glass here with somebody on this side. But all that time with seemingly no miracles in the making, seemingly no answers coming. But God somehow sustained you behind that glass. God somehow sustained you in that room. God somehow sustained you. And the hour came when the rain came. But until the rain came, God sustained you. If we look at our lives, church, almost all of us, if not all, can look at times when it didn't look like things were going to turn out right. It didn't look like we were ever going to get out of the jam or the situation we were in. But there was the sustaining power of God. There wasn't any miracle flowing at that moment, but there was a sustaining power and that, that steady power of God got us through. We have the benefit of knowing this story, but we have to be willing to do what Elijah did and what she did, submit our lives unto him. And walk by faith. Psalm 33, 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Keep them alive in famine. Now, most of us, from the looks of things, we're not suffering from a physical famine, but we are walking through some very famine-oriented spiritual days, it seems like when there's been so uh, much dry season and so much difficulty, but how many know that God knows how to deliver us and keep us alive, even in a famine, even in a difficult time, in a hard time, in a hard place, he's able to keep us. He says in verse 20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help in our shield. Let me give you two examples from the New Testament of this. You're familiar with this because in Luke 2, when we read about the birth of Jesus, we read about them taking him to the temple for the act of uh, dedication, as we would call it, circumcision, etc. The Bible tells us in Luke 2, 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Notice that. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. In other words, God said, I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to keep you alive. I, I'm going, I, don't, I don't care how old you get. I don't care how many doctor's reports you hear that are contrary to what I'm telling you. God said, I'm going to sustain you. You won't die until you see the Lord's Christ. So what does it say in verse 27? So he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He said, God, I've just been hanging here. I've just been coming in and out of here 
every day. I've just been coming here because I had a word from you that you were going to sustain me until I got my eyes on Jesus. And I got my eyes on Jesus now, so I'm ready to go. But the Lord sustained that man. We don't know how long. We don't know how many years, but we know that God sustained him. We read a little later in that chapter about a precious lady, 84 years old. Her name is Anna. It says in verse 36, there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age. That's a nice way of saying you're an old person. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not who, what? Who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. This woman, this 84-year-old woman uh, was kept by the power of God, was sustained, who stayed right there and who handled every crisis and every situation, walked through everything that was thrown her way and yet she was there to thank God, give God glory and speak of the one that came, the Lord Jesus. God is a God of sustaining power. But that's not as exciting as miracles. I understand that. That's not as exciting a word as revival when you just say sustained. But most of our life is lived in sustenance, sustained to get us to the revival. I think about another elderly gentleman of faith that we read about in more than one place, but we read about uh, in the 14th chapter of the book of Joshua. And this man that most of you are aware of, his name is Caleb, and he's uh, 85 years old at the time of this 14th chapter's recording. He's 85 years old and they're now in the promised land that it took them all those years to get to 40 years in the wilderness and most of them dying off other than two by the name of Joshua and Caleb and now we're at a place where it's time to possess the land it's time to get your lot your share but this man's 85 now but I want you to listen to the testimony that he gave about himself in Joshua 14, 6, it says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has sustained me. The Lord has kept me alive as he said these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness and now here I am this day, 80. 
five years old. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you have heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. And I want you to know that that 85-year-old man took Hebron. He took that area. He did exactly what God told him he could do. Even though he waited 45 years to get there, God sustained him. If you've been praying for revival, if you've been praying for your children, if you've been praying for your mom and you've been praying for your dad, I don't care if it's been 45 years or 55 years. Don't give up now. Let the power of God that sustained you to this day keep on keeping you so that you can run this race, so that you can do what God calls you to do. You can be anointed of the Holy Ghost at 84 years old like Anna. You can be called by God to drive the giants out of your spiritual territory at 85 years old like Caleb. God can do it because he's a sustaining God. Nehemiah drew upon this. Ezra drew upon this. How good God was to a people. In Nehemiah 9.20, we read these words, you also gave your good spirit to instruct them. See, that's what happened with Elijah. When God, see, when God said there's going to be a drought and prophesied there'd be no rain, as I said, you know, it, it's not as if though Elijah walked around and there was a cloud over his head with rain coming down all the time. He was in the same boat with them, in the same fix, in the same predicament. But God instructed him that if we'll listen to God, he'll instruct us. And the Bible said, you gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you what? You sustained them. You sustained them as a purpose. Everything wasn't a shout. Everything wasn't a hallelujah. Everything wasn't dancing. There was some. Miriam got a tambourine, right? Timbrel, tambourine. Started beating it and singing praises to God when they came through the Red Sea. They danced before the Lord. It was an awesome sight. But every day wasn't a dance. Some days were hard. Some days were difficult. But it says 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Listen to what the psalmist says. Psalm 3 Verses four and five. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill, Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I hope you fall in love with that word sustained. The Lord sustained me. Because this is going to be seasons where that's what it's going to be. You're going to be sustained. <laughs> 
That, now, I don't, want to, I don't want to disappoint you because I believe the cloud and I believe the sound of abundance of rain is being heard. It's coming. But I'm just telling you in the meantime, God sustains his people in dry seasons. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall, say it, sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Sustained in a dry season, but then the cloud appears and we hear without seeing anything other than that, just a little sign, just that little bit. Head for the hills, boys. It's coming. You can go tell Ahab he better get down to business because it's going to rain. It's coming. Because God has sustained and brought us here. It reminds me of one more quick story I want to tell you. It's another prophet of God's story. It's not Elijah. It's his replacement, Elisha. And you know this story well. Let me relate a little bit of it too anyway. Because it's the same thing, how God works. 2 Kings 4. It says, a certain woman of the wives, of the sons of the prophets, the 2 Kings 4 and verse 1. I don't even know if I gave you that or not. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, okay, you got a jar of oil? We'll work with that. We'll work with what you got. You got a jar of oil? What have you got today, church? Creditors are going to come and take your sons away. Can't pay your bills. You do have a jar of oil. Let's work with it then. And then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you will shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but let me relate it. You know the story, right? She got every neighbor's vessel she could get. Empty vessel, that's all. And with one vessel, and that's all she had was that oil. Just like the widow in 1 Kings 17, this widow in 2 Kings 4 finds out that God is able to use what little she has to sustain her. She just needed a little help from the neighborhood. You ever need a little help from the neighborhood? Well, won't you be my neighbor? It's a good day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And all all she had need of was his empty vessels. And you've heard me preach on this before. I can see the the sons going to get them and asking, and they're saying, oh, they're coming, they want to borrow something. Nope, all we want is empty, empty, empty. Give us your empty vessels. And the neighborhood contributed And they were all filled. And then he said to her, he said, I want you to go sell the oil and pay off your debt. 
and the rest of it you can live on. <laughs> Sustained until it rains. Where are you right now? Are you, are you in a position where Elijah was? Are you in a position where you're waiting for the rain? You're waiting for the solution? You're waiting for the downpour? But you got to get there, right? See, this is the thing I want you to see. God doesn't just give us grandiose plans and not have a way to get us there. Are you hearing me? But sometimes the way God leads, it doesn't make sense to us. Why in the world are you telling a man to go sit by a brook somewhere that's going to dry up anyway, and somehow, miraculously, he's supposed to expect birds to bring him food? Crazy. And then now, that's gone. You want to tell him what? You go over here to a Gentile woman in a hostile territory, a woman who's got nothing herself, and go over there and ask her to sustain you now. But that was God's methodology and God's way. The need today is for us to realize that God sustains and trust him and believe him. Don't hold back because of this season. I'm not just talking about giving finance. That's really not my issue right now. But your trust in God, your belief in God that when every sign looks the wrong way, when everything seems to be going backward instead of forward, you pray and the world gets worse. Brothers and sisters, God is sustaining you. I said, God is sustaining you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to stand with me today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I've got an idea here today because I have to believe that some of you are in that place now where you just need to know that some way, somehow, whether it's a brook, a widow, or whatever it is. And I want to thank God because I, this is more about spiritual for us because we are, right now at least, we're not living in a country, our nation, that's overwhelmed by famine right now. It doesn't mean there are any, not any hungry people. I'm just simply saying we're not in that kind of situation by and large. But we are in a time of spiritual famine. We're in a time when it seems like in so many places there's no, no cloud bursting open with the rain of heaven. But it's coming. God just got to get you there and me there. Hallelujah. Somehow I do hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Somehow I do believe somehow in the midst of this. But it just may well be that you're in a position where God, I just, I need, I need your sustaining grace. I, I just need to know that you're going to sustain me to get me where you want me to be, to do what you want. There may even be people in here, listen to me a minute. There may be people in here that God has definitely spoken in your life at some season or point about something he was going to do, but it hasn't happened. And you say, well, it can't happen now. Do not say that. You allow God to work his way, his time, and he may just have a widow somewhere. I said he may just have a widow somewhere with nothing but a little flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. But that might be the key to the miracle of what God has said in your life. I feel the Holy Spirit in here right now. I really do. 
But here's what I want to ask. I want to ask for those who feel that you need. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you've got to be saved today. You, well, time's running out. You've got to give your life to Christ. You don't, have, you don't have a guarantee about tomorrow. There's just no way. Look how many people just this past week. Look how many people died in this storm. Just how many people from the, some of the weirdest things that happened. Brothers and sisters, I want everybody to be saved. Are you with me? All agree? You all agree? Amen. We want everybody to be saved. It's not God's will that any perish. It's what we want. So I open this altar for you to give your life to Christ. And to say, Jesus, come into my heart and forgive my sin and receive him. It's just that simple. It's that simple. It really is. But then it's a matter of following him so that he can sustain you through the trials of life. Because God has a, God has a plan to get us home. I said, God has a plan to get us all the way home. How many know that? And I don't know what all he's going to use, but here's what I do know. you got to take one step at a time. Faith is one step at a time. It's not knowing everything out there. It's knowing enough to say, God, I trust you to take this next step. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, that's, that word is for me. Step out right now. In the name of Jesus, step out right now and come forward because God wants to strengthen you and your resolve that God is going to sustain you, that God is going to do what he said in his word he was going to bring to pass in your life. In Jesus' name, don't miss this opportunity. The word of God that has been brought forth here today, the scripture says it will accomplish what God intends. It will not return void. It can only be void in your life if you refuse to follow what God is putting on your heart to do. But I want to encourage you I want to encourage you. They're coming. In Jesus' name, they're coming. God is a God of sustaining power. God is a God who gets us through. He's a God that gets us where we need to be. And when we look at situations that aren't turning out the way we ask God to turn them out and the way we wanted them before we give up our faith, let's understand that God is still in control. He's still directing. He is still leading. And if we will follow him, he said he would sustain us in the hour of famine and difficulty. Now here, as they come, I need a few of these. Uh, this woman in 2 Kings 4 had some good neighbors. Those good neighbors, uh, uh, they, all they presented was empty vessels. That's all. But it was enough. I said it was enough. And so if there are some uh, empty vessels, and by that I mean you've emptied out self, but you believe that God could use your empty vessel to pray with someone right here now. In Jesus' name, I want to ask you to come and bring that empty vessel before the Lord today in Jesus' name and say, God, I'm going to help my neighbor today. I'm going to help my neighbor that's walking through a difficult place. I'm going to be used of the Lord. My vessel, I empty out of self so that you can pour in, so that you can pour in. Oh God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we're praying for supernatural, sustaining power. Power, God, sustaining anointing. God, that will get us through the difficult seasons that you've already walked us through, God, but more that may be coming. But God, you've never failed. And no matter if it's three and a half years, Lord, 
uh, as the skies had no clouds for three and a half years. But God, you brought your servant through it. You brought your people through it. And a great revival came. Folks, 1 Kings 18, a great revival came. The prophets of Baal were defeated. Uh, God's altar was reestablished. And the people of God shouted, the Lord, he is God. And revival came. I'm still believing it, church. I said, I'm still believing it to be sustained until the power of Almighty God falls, until the power of the Holy Ghost comes again in miraculous ways. If you believe it with me, put your hands together and bless the Lord and say, yes, amen. Say amen. Say amen. Amen, God, we believe it. Because the Word says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. If you believe for nothing, you'll be, you won't be disappointed if you believe for nothing. But if you believe that God can do everything he said, and if you believe for a move of the Holy Ghost, and you believe for souls, and you believe for a great outpouring, guess what? It's coming in Jesus' name. We've just been walking through a sustaining time. We've just been walking. Some of you need to recommit today. I feel this in my soul. Some of you have gotten the Spirit of the Lord is moving on you, and you just become dry. Oh, you haven't backslid, but you just become dry. In the name of Jesus, open up today and let him pour. Let him pour. Let him pour of his Holy Spirit. God, I believe you in this hour. I believe you in this moment. I believe you right now. Lord, let it flow. Let it flow, oh God. Let there be a reality of the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Like a good neighbor, Christians are always there. I said, like a good neighbor, Christians are always there. They're not going to disappoint you. They're going to come and pray with you. They're going to believe God with you. That's who they are. They're good neighbors in Jesus' name. And if all they got to give you is an empty vessel, they'll give it to you and believe God to fill it. Hallelujah. 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 Church, somebody ought to shout. I said somebody ought to shout right now and give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Come on, church. Be the church today. Be the church today. Be a good neighbor today. Hallelujah. Be a good neighbor. Believe God to put oil in the vessels of your neighbors today that are praying. Oh, pour it out, God. Oh, pour it out, God. Pour it out, God. Hallelujah. Sing something. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Would you pray with us in Jesus' name? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
I want us to do something here this morning to pray as these are still praying here. God has to give us the strength to do what we do. In the book of Nehemiah, you know this verse, but I want you to catch the whole thing. Nehemiah 8:10. then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want us today as we round this thing out in a few, just a few short moments, I want us to pray for all of our people who are home, who are sick, who are going through various physical situations that couldn't be here today or felt it best not to be here today. That God would, listen, I want you to lift your voice. I, I'm not trying to make you into anything you are not, but I, I just want to give you an idea what I'm thinking here. Did any of you happen to watch any of the Wisconsin Penn State football game yesterday? Any of you see it? Okay. Wisconsin, I think they, what, seat 100,000 people there? Did you see the beginning of the fourth quarter and what they call a jump around? 100,000 people all across that stadium going crazy for, and it was almost deafening. And I'm thinking, is the stadium going to collapse? And Penn State beat them. Yeah, that's pretty good. But what I'm getting at is we are so worried about a little emotionalism. 100,000 people in a jump around. Everybody wearing red. Jump around going crazy. And we come to church and, oh, that's fanaticism. What's fanaticism? I'm not asking you to jump around, but could we just show the Lord that we love him enough and we can make a little bit of noise? We could say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And I'll jump around. I said, I'll jump around. I don't mind being called a fool for Christ. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just send this out. In the name of Jesus, we pray for those, God, who are not here today. Lord, those who wanted to be here. Those who, God, they could even be in a hospital room. Or some of them, Lord, have been diagnosed with COVID. Or or they're suffering with some other ailment. Whatever it is, God. Lord, today, we pray for sustenance. We pray for supernatural. We pray for divine strength. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God to reach those people, God, whatever, whether they're in Denver, Stevens, uh, Ephrata, God, uh, Lord, whether they're in Lebanon, Reading, God, Lancaster, Lord, uh, wherever they are, God, we ask you to let healing power flow in the name of Jesus, God. We don't want to keep this all to ourselves, God. We want to share. God, we want to share with those, Lord, who've not been able. We pray for that one that's in a sick bed right now, God. We ask you to raise them up in the name of Jesus. Cool and fevered brow, God. Lord, remove an ailment, God. Heal a body, Jesus. Oh, God, even in this building, God, regardless of what it is, God. Lord, if it's uh, uh, the prognosis is there's no improvement to come. There's nothing too hard. There is nothing too difficult for a God who gets 
gets us through every trial and every test. Oh, we bless you and we honor you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for hearing us. We thank you for answering prayer. We thank you for revival that you're sending, God. We thank you for souls you're going to save. We're thanking you for young people you're going to baptize with the Holy Spirit, God. We're thanking you, Lord. You've sustained us and brought us to a place, God. And we're believing you, Lord, that you will do mighty things, God. Mighty things in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we praise the Lord. Well, somebody going to say, Pastor, you're trying to work something up. I wish I could. Hallelujah. I said, I wish I could. Well, God is good. We're going to do one more. All right. And then we're going home. But God bless you. Let's praise the Lord. All right. Amen. Give him glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. So whom shall I Always by my 
place this morning. The God of angel armies is by your side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. Our God is faithful. And he will sustain us and he will keep us. In every valley and every mountain, it doesn't matter, church. He is with you. He is for you. He is all around you. He is beside you. And most importantly, he is in you. The God of heaven and earth is in you today. And that should be an assurance and a comfort to you. Aren't you thankful? Amen. Amen can't add anything to this awesome message today so we're gonna leave it where it lays and I hope you take it with you this week and you just rest in that assurance that God is going to sustain you I just want to give you a couple quick amount announcements and then you're gonna go in the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ um, I want you to look at your bulletin this week there's a lot of exciting things happening around here a lot of exciting things happening at the nine o'clock hour on a Sunday and Sunday school. There's new classes being taught. Uh, Bud and Candace will be teaching together um, at, at, in their adult Sunday school class right back here in this room. A Gentle Thunder by Max Lucado. So if you would like to be a part of that class or if you have questions, Candace is right down here. Brother Bud is right down here. So um, you can ask them. Uh, the high school kids, I really want to encourage you to attend Scott and Bridget's class on Sunday mornings. Um, they're starting a new series just for you as you're trying to navigate the high school years and teenage life. It is so, so hard and it is so, so crucial that you have the God of angel armies with you. It's so important that you know the scriptures and the word of God because the, the world is throwing it at you all the time. You're going to have to get into the Word of God. You're going to have to know the Word of God to stand in these days. So parents, get your kids out here. Parents, come and be in a class and send your kids to that Sunday school class because they are facing stuff. And um, I know for Scott and Bridget, this is touching their heart. Uh, we had a, a young man that we knew that graduated with Mackenzie Hanley who recently took his life. And Scott and Bridget have been trying to minister to that family. They are unsaved and they've been trying to minister to them. But there is an urgency that Scott and Bridget feel we've got to help our kids. We've got to help our kids. They've got to know Jesus Christ in a real way in their lives. So get your kids out to Sunday school. Uh, remember everything Kathy told you. Ladies, mark your calendars for Saturday, October the 23rd. There will be a women's conference here called Women Arise, Walking in Your Identity and Authority. If you have any questions, see Rhonda Martin right there. She's kind of short, but she'll, she'll jump up and down. But anyway, if you have any questions, you can see her. That and you'll, More details are coming on that. But just get involved. Uh, get all of God that you can get because you can't get enough. Amen? Amen. So praise the Lord. I'm not going to do anything but bless you. Have a wonderful week in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you be blessed. May you be healthy. Uh, may you come back here singing the praises of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.